0: Welcome to another exciting episode of the BMW Blog Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Risch, and this week, gear up for an extraordinary conversation as we're joined by racing driver and BMW Motorsport brand ambassador, Samantha Tan. Buckle up, because in today's episode, we're delving deep into the world of high-octane adrenaline and into the captivating journey of Samantha's racing career. But that's not all. We're diving into her genuine passion of the BMW brand from the classic E36 M3 to the coveted BMW 1M. We will also cover the story of how she managed to secure one of the most sought-after treasures in the BMW collector's realm, the new $750,000 BMW 3.0 CSL. Let's get started. Samantha, welcome.
1: Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Super excited to be here.
2: Thanks for joining. Honestly, I know you're quite busy, so I appreciate you taking the time. We'll try to keep it maybe like around one hour, you know, so we're not going to go over that. But we're going to jump right in. So I'm Horatio, that's Nate. And we're going to be going back and forth with some questions, you know, and follow ups and all of that. So let's start right away. I know from my own research that you're a BMW fan. So maybe tell me more about how your love for the brand started and how far back.
1: Yeah, so it started when I was very young. My dad's also a big car enthusiast and BMW enthusiast, so like, some of my earliest memories were of him driving me to school in his E36 M3. It was a Euro spec edition as well, um, and Dakar Yellow. I still remember all these details. <laughs> That's what really, I think, sparked my interest in cars, because he used to take me to a lot of like car meets and track days. And then when I was finally old enough to reach the pedals, he put me in some of the like BMW performance driving schools because he really wanted me to learn proper car control. Um And unfortunately for him, I loved it. (laughs) And and then that spiraled into my whole racing career. But other than that, um, the car I learned manual in is the car I still have today. It's the BMW 1M. And just like the experiences I've had with the car, like going to all the car mates and meeting the BMW car community has made me such a passionate BMW fan. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: So maybe before we even go anywhere else, let's talk about the 1M because I told you off camera that I have a 1M also. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to start with this. I, I feel like whenever I drive that car, I see so many people taking out photos and taking, you know, snapping photos of the car more than when I drive a 7 Series that maybe costs three, four times what that car costs. What's your experience, you know, with the 1M when you take it out for a drive?
1: Yeah, it's definitely so special. I'm never getting rid of it. Is yours also a Valencia Orange? Valencia Orange, yeah. Yes, the the right color. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But obviously, it's it's such a bright car. And I think... Definitely for the enthusiasts out there that do recognize it. Yeah, definitely gets a lot of attention. I have rolled up to meets, though, where people don't really know the car and they're like, oh, my God, is that a 135? And I'm like, how could you? How could you? (laughs) But I love the car. I mean, yeah, it's just super special (laughs) for sure. Actually, one of the craziest experiences I've had was I rolled up to a dealer here in California and I remember some guy coming up to me, and he was like, "I'm gonna, I'll give you literally like eighty thousand dollars cash right now for your car." And I was like, "No, no." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that just goes to show. I mean, it's like it's such a special car, a unique car.
2: And I know you drive a lot of new BMWs, but tell me, what do you like most about the one M aside from the fact that it's rare, you know, and so unique and all of that?
1: For sure. I mean, it's just so raw. I mean, it's manual, six-speed manual, and I, I love like perfecting that heel-toe, you know, going through the corner, getting it right, Um, and less electronics, (laughs) you know, not as many nannies. Um, I hate to say this, but, like, in the newer, like, BMWs, like, having to press multiple times on the touchscreen to get my (laughs) fan to turn on, like, I hate that. I hate
0: that. (laughs) We... That's funny because during our last shoot, um, there was three of us. One of them was a BMW product guy. We're all swarmed around the, the, the <laughs> car trying to figure out like how to turn things off. So we're all like pushing buttons. It's like it was <laughs> – totally understand that. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just so like, like a yeah. typical, not raw, more raw of a car mm-hmm. in my opinion. Very nimble. Love the sound.
2: Do you have any mods on it or
1: – I have a few. A lot of okay. dining parts. Um, nice. Upgraded my intercooler, oil cooler. Put a Brembo BBK in. Um, I did get a software tune, and then I had a custom exhaust made for the car, and then some carbon fiber bits and pieces. <laughs> cool. So kind of like OEM plus, still kind of keeping it keeping it classy. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: that's cool. And I guess based on my research also, I know that your dad also did the European delivery on the car. Do you recall that experience?
1: He did not take me with him. I was he probably <laughs> I was probably in high school or even before that, I think I was like 13 when he did that, so I was That's probably in school at the time, but he did do European delivery, and then he immediately took it on the Nürburgring, and it's got that little Nürburgring sticker on the back, and now I can finally say I've driven the ring, so I'm justified.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that you just got back from a race there recently, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Just on How the GP that? track, though. It was a okay, lot of fun. Yeah, podiumed. So it was a good experience. But right. typical Nürburgring weather, it was like 15 degrees Celsius and raining. It was miserable. And it's like middle of July, just <laughs> typical <laughs> Eiffel weather. But. I love the whole Norwich like I'm in the process of getting my permit. So for those who don't know, you need to do three races to get a permit A. Um, If you do just the classroom and the lead follow stuff, you get a permit B, which allows you to race in the slowest class cars. Um, I'm trying to get my permit A so I can drive the big boy cars, (laughs) Um, but it's been a lot of fun for sure.
0: That's awesome. I'm I'm totally jealous it's something that uh I'm right there with you have been wanting to do for a long time. It would be a lot of fun. So, we're following along and watching cuz we live vicariously a little bit around here. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe since
2: we started with the racing career, maybe walk us through how you got started, you know, what hooked you and um uh, then we can maybe follow the timeline.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, Again, it started way back when in those BMW performance driving schools. Um, I was like, i like 13 or 14 at the time when I started doing these. But like, whipping the car around, (laughs) having the time of my life doing those programs. And then I did another. I did the Ferrari driving experience over at Mont Tremblant in Canada. And at the end of the program, they allowed all the participants to sit in a 458 Challenge car and go on a hot lap with a pro driver. And needless to say, I had the time of my life. (laughs) And as soon as I got out of the car, I was like, Dad, I want to be a race car driver. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, So started the process of getting my regional racing license. Started racing when I was just 16 years old, which is actually pretty late for most race car drivers. But did a bunch of regional races here in the U.S. My first race car was a 1991 Honda Civic humble beginnings. I think it was a four-speed. Um, <laughs> I remember I could barely reach the pedals at the time. <laughs> um, but then since then, I did my first national series that year in a Mini Cooper S, JCW, was crowned Rookie of the Year that year, and then moved over here into the States to do my first like pro series called Pirelli World Challenge at the time, now SRO America. I raced with Kia, actually. Um, and then since then, started my team in 2017, Samantha Tan Racing, when we decided to move into the touring car class with the all-new BMW M235IRs, and that kind of just like started the whole BMW journey. <laughs> Obviously, always been a fan, but it just seemed like the right move for us, and that car like dominated that class that year, so it was a really good move. And then You know, drove the M4 GT4 for three years after that, was very successful won six championship titles in 2021 alone. So it was great. Um, And then last year, some of you guys know, uh, picked up the first two M4 GT3s at the Welt. They were delivered. It was amazing. Thank you, BMW, for that experience. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we were actually the first in the world to win with the M4 GT3 that year in uh, Mugello. So. It's come full circle we're now at the top class of bmw it's been it's been amazing and now you know being a bmw motorsport ambassador as well this year is just cherry on top
2: (laughs) congratulations so for any aspiring racing drivers what does it take to go from one class to the next one i mean how did you how did you have to perfect your skills or what did you have to do in order to move higher and higher in classes
1: yeah, I mean, or any, any advice me that you might have time. for anyone. Okay. For sure. I think, first and foremost, I mean, everybody knows racing is one of the most expensive sports. So, sponsor- sponsorship is really like the name of the game. You have to have your branding down. And the way that I was able to tackle that was I took advantage of social media. Um, most of my sponsorship comes from social media now. So, Use it. It's a free marketing tool. Um, build your brand. Show p- other people why you're unique. Um, but on the skill set wise, seat time is everything, as well as doing all the training you need to do. I'm in the gym at least five times a week if I can, if I'm not traveling. Um, and then yeah, seat time and even participating in a lot of regional races where you know you're not in the most expensive car, but you're getting that wheel-to-wheel kind of practice is really, really helpful.
0: Still. So speaking off of what Horatio said, like, what went into the decision making to jump from like the M235 IRs to like the M3 or the M4 GT4 and now the GT3? So those step up, what were those decisions? Was it because you were winning the championships or was it you just wanted more, faster, bigger? Like, was <laughs> Well, what went into that thinking?
1: That bit at the <laughs> end, wanting faster, more power. Yeah, I mean that played a role right. for sure. <laughs> but it does cost um, a
0: lot more. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, yeah, especially moving up in the classes for me. So my ultimate, ultimate goal is to go to Le Mans, to be be at the 24-hour of Le Mans and and win. Um, So we knew we needed to take these kinds of baby steps to get up to the GT3 level. And so that's why we ended up moving from the touring class to the GT4 platform, because it was what we call a sprint X format, which was two drivers, We've got a driver change. There's no, I don't think we changed tires, but, you know, getting that practice to do the, doing those driver changes was super helpful. And it was, I think, a longer race format. Um, then in the touring car races and then. I decided to stick into the GT4 for three years because I wanted to hone my skills on the same platform. I was basically switching cars every single year and kind of, it's very difficult to learn if you're constantly like changing cars, changing the way it handles, et cetera, et cetera. So decided to stay in the GT4 and really like get it down, learn the car as much as I can. And obviously that was very, very helpful. We were the most successful in our final year in that car. Um, and then finally, yeah, moving up into the GT3 class because, well, the car was being released and we just thought it was the right time. I mean, we did really, really well in the past. On 2020 and 2021, we won both championships, so it was good. It was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: amazing. So I know we don't have a lot of insight into the life of a GT racer and we usually see the Formula One and all these documentaries and kind of know what's going on, but Tell me, how does your life look like when you're constantly moving around from one country to another, one continent to another, and how do you balance all of that?
1: Yeah, it's definitely tough. I always tell people I live out of my suitcase, literally, I'm never in one place for more than a week. The first thing people text me is, where are you? Not like, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> where in the world are you? Um, it's tough. I mean, especially dealing with jet lag. So I'm running two series this year. I'm running GT World Challenge America, GT World Challenge Europe, and then on top of that, getting my Nurburgring license. So I am doing those races over in Nurburgring. Um, it is quite difficult. I tried to arrive maybe like. To at least two days before like the on track activities start just to get acclimated um and then going to the gym actually does help with jet lag a lot so and on top of that helps with training we have to do a lot of cardiovascular endurance training a little bit of strength training for those of you that don't know we undergo a lot of g's in the car um, there can be temperatures of up to 130 degrees in the cockpit. So if I'm in the car for, let's say two hours, if I'm in an endurance race, I could lose up to two pounds of water weight. So there is that like training aspect to it. So
2: <laughs> not as fun as it looks like on social media, right? <laughs> that's just the, I'm that's like, the they don't life. even see
1: half of what's going on. I but... agree. <laughs>
2: Would you have any interest or or in in racing in the new BMW M hybrid V8, the LMDH car?
1: Yes. I mean that's kind of like the pinnacle <laughs> yeah. of racing, right? The prototypes and it's in the top class. I mean it's got so much down for us and you're going for the overall win. And I'm super excited to see BMW at the mall next year in this car. So hopefully I get the chance to drive it someday. <laughs>
2: Did you just call them up and say, hey, can I test one? Or do we usually have to reach out? Or?
1: I wish. I wish. Got them on speed dial.
2: I mean, you can try. That would be pretty awesome. I mean, it's an, it's an amazing looking car. Clearly, I haven't driven one. But I've been around it so many times. And it's just amazing. And I've talked to uh, to the drivers quite a bit. And they're all raving about it. So uh, yeah, it's seems like exciting. fun. Hey, it doesn't hurt to ask.
0: I, that's
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Since we're talking about racing and it's not just all about BMWs, but also just racing in general, maybe let's start with Formula One a little bit. Such a hot topic in in the U.S. Everybody seems that they've just found Formula One here. So uh, we start with that. And then what I want to go next is really to talk about the future of racing, how that might be changing. So Formula One, what's your favorite team, favorite driver, and why?
1: Oh, that's tough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't follow Formula 1 too closely actually, okay. but I did have the opportunity to meet Max and Checo last year over at the Miami GP. I interviewed them for Tag Heuer. Um, they were great. Awesome. So, Red Bull's one of my favorite teams. Ferrari as well, if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Even though their strategist has been absolutely terrible. <laughs> um <laughs> But, yeah, it's been super cool to see how many fans have like gotten interested in Formula 1 because of the Drive to Survive series. I think we definitely need something like that for sports car racing. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, honestly, I was joking about that. But it's it's absolutely true. The documentary on Netflix has done wonders for the sport, for sure. And with that being said... How do you see the future of car racing? Because I've been around Formula E, for example, for quite some time, actually early days when nobody really wanted to talk about that. And I was excited for a little bit. Then it kind of fell off the cliff. Um, Do you think that car racing will be still combustion kind of focused or did you see more electric cars going into that?
1: Uh, Well, definitely, I feel like a lot of car manufacturers are, you know, prioritizing sustainability and coming out with more electric vehicles, like especially BMW. BMW has come out with a lot of electric vehicles or hybrids, right? And then now you see the whole hybrid class in IMSA and race cars being developed with the hybrid system. So I definitely think it's headed in that direction. I don't know if it's going to be fully electric, because, I mean, everybody loves the sound of race cars flying by, but that's part of the experience, right? But I hope combustion engines stick around, because that's like kind of what I love about racing is the smell of race fuel, the sound of the engine, you know? Sure. But, of course, sustainability is super important as well, and it'd be cool to... I don't know if Formula E is going to become as popular as Formula One. What do you think? <laughs>
2: probably not i mean i've 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 been to a, quite a few races in different european cities and um uh, it's an interesting experience but it's not formula 1 honestly mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm it's just very very different i mean it's it's a shorter race uh yeah it's, it's just not the same
1: honestly. yeah it doesn't have like as big of a fan base what i do find interesting though is that they can host these races kind of like wherever because they are electric and i think like i went to the one in montreal i think a few years ago and it was just like right there in the city and i think that's like super cool
2: yeah, so they've done that in a few cities initially, and then people started to complain, especially in Germany. So initially, the first race, <laughs> the first race was in, was in Berlin, and I guess a couple of years later, they had to move it out of the city next to the airport because mm-hmm. people were complaining about sound. I'm like, what sound, you know? Yeah. So...
1: Sound of a vacuum cleaner or something. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. So. I, yeah so i mean even bmw kind of pulled out i guess after after a couple of years or three years whatever they were in but if we're talking about you know your team how do you see your team evolving from where you are today
1: Ooh. Mm.
2: oh a tough one <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I hope to see us growing. I mean, we want to be, like, I want to bring my team to Le Mans. That would be amazing. But, you know, with all the new changes, with the hybrid class and with the GT3 class, it's, like, extremely difficult to get an entry. But anyway, we do want to... difficult as far as
2: technical aspects or money-wise?
1: Both. Both. So for Le Mans specifically if like a manufacturer has um a prototype entered like a the LMDH or something sure. um then they get two entries only and it's basically yeah. limited based on the manufacturer. So if you're not like already on the list to be a driver for them, that you can just <laughs> buy. Um, but in terms of my team, yeah, we're going to continue growing here in the States. We've got another GT4 coming in. So we're definitely expanding. Um, it's been really exciting to see and seeing people respect us more.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's amazing. I mean, honestly, I feel like the GT racing, it's the way to go, especially in, in the U.S. I mean, as much as I like some of the other racing, I just don't find it always too exciting, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and because there's a lot of, Bill like, about that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I
2: mean, I think Bill kind of, like, agrees, you know? That's why he's having so much success right now mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and that's also why I didn't really end up going the Formula route, because, like, you can't really touch other people, and, you know, Rubens racing, so... <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And I'm just, uh, the endurance thing I think is just adds that extra element to it, you know, the strategy. Um, like you say with Lamar, going through the nighttime, it's just like a it's it's a whole different realm and just adds a whole whole awesome feature to to racing. It's just the through the elements, through through time, round the clock, like swapping drivers. I mean, there's just so much to it than just Forty-five minutes of going at it really hard.
1: Yeah, it definitely is like a true test of like the entire team, not just like the drivers, but the car and like how well the pit stops are done. For example, it's just I have so much fun in endurance racing; it's just incredible. So, so.
2: so now let's see if we can um, push BMW to let you drive that BMW M uh, V8. Yes, so yes. I'm going to ask you the question <laughs> then. So let's see if you can convince them. What do you think It's your biggest strength when it comes to racing? And you can brag about this. It's absolutely fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, my consistency, for sure. Uh, being able to run within like half a second every lap, I think, is really what sets me apart. Um, and that's what makes a good endurance driver. You know, it's not necessarily about having like the fastest lap, but you can only do it for one lap. You know, it's about consistently doing the same lap time every time. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like smooth as fast, right?
2: (laughs) Gotcha. True. Favorite racetrack in the U S and favorite racetrack in the world.
1: This is another really tough question. <laughs> so uh, so I have never been to Watkins, but I recently drove it on a sim, and it looks like a lot of fun. I feel like if I actually go there, that would be my favorite track, but for now, it's definitely VIR. It's very like, fast-paced. It's beautiful. Um, going up the S's like, flat at like 200 kilometers an hour is just so much fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, the S's are amazing at BIR. Um, just hitting those curbs and bouncing over. It's just, holding
1: on for life. You know, holding <laughs> life. on, just
0: completely floored. Uh, it's, it's uh, yeah, those are amazing sets of corners. And like you said, it's just beautiful. You're just like driving through trees and rolling grass hills. It's
1: mm-hmm. fantastic. I know we miss oak tree, but <laughs> it's still a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and then abroad. <sighs> Nürburgring. No, Nürburgring. Okay. it would have been spa for sure but after driving nurburgring it's like there really isn't anywhere there isn't another place like it in the world you know it's just got such incredible rhythm and flow and it's like when through the trees i cannot imagine what it's like driving there at night like (laughs) like, it's already terrifying in an m240 (laughs) like
0: I was just going to say, what if you're in that, the M240 class at night with the GT3 cars coming up on you? I mean, that, that still just sounds terrifying.
1: Yes. <laughs> and it's like so funny. It's actually more scary in the M240 because you've got so much less downforce. And so when you're going over bumps and stuff, like the whole car really shifts like one lane over. So like going down a foxhole flat and it's like flying around everywhere. Getting passed by a GT3 there, by the way, is very uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's a lot of fun. (laughs) That's
2: amazing. All right, so let's talk more cars now, not necessarily racing. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you owned any other BMWs, aside from the ones that we've talked about?
1: Yes, so BMW gave me a M8 comp as a loaner um, for winning the championship in 2020, and then again in 2021 that uh, was my daily for three years basically nice. i loved it i honestly when i first received it i thought it was going to be too big for me um and like too heavy but it was so great for long drives it sounds so good when it backfires uh <laughs> <laughs> um and now i do have the xm which is a lot you bigger
2: do? Okay. <laughs> interesting <laughs> should we yeah,
1: talk yeah. about that yeah sure <laughs>
2: BMW, if you're watching this, you probably um, are watching this. This is off the record, so. <laughs> <laughs> off the, the record, um, so anything goes.
1: The appearance is definitely still growing on me, guys. I really liked the MA. <laughs> um, it's just it's it's a lot to look at. It's a lot to look at, I should say that. The <laughs> I interior, agree. I really, really like, though, I mm-hmm. will say. Nice. Uh, with the interior lighting um, and the, like, suede roof, it's beautiful. That that big screen, which, like sure. I said, I am not really a big fan of the new electronics, but, I mean, it's a luxury vehicle, so it's nice. <laughs> right.
2: Do you like the ride, or what, what do you like about the ride and what you don't?
1: Mm. Right now, I haven't really figured out the way that I can, like, fully unlock the power yet, so I'm still messing around with all the settings, but with the hybrid system, I feel like it's got really great torque. Um, The ride itself is also really smooth, so, again, it's, like, really good for long drives. I've been driving, like, back and forth between LA, so it's it's a good grocery getter (laughs) in comparison to the M8, in comparison to the M8,
2: I think if they would have, um, and I've said this in my reviews quite a few times, if they would have labeled the XM as an X8 m70 something hybrid (laughs) they would have been able to market the car a little bit better because people would have expected a range rover type of vehicle or a g wagon versus an m car and then maybe the expectations would have been a little bit lower because now people complain aside from the you know the design which is subjective for sure but they complain about well it's not a real m car it's not that so they could have just simply changed the badge and they would have probably sold even more (laughs) <laughs> by just having it as a, uh, you know, soccer SUV, <laughs> soccer mom SUV type of thing, you know? And it's, and especially in, if you look in some of those markets like Miami and LA, I, I'm, I, I would imagine bigger families that would buy the XM because, mm-hmm. you know, it's luxurious, it's cool. Um, but if you're trying to sell it to enthusiasts, it might be a little bit tough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh- can agree to that you know what they need to bring though the m3 touring we need to talk about that
2: <laughs> yeah so let's talk about that actually so <laughs> i've
1: been begging them every time i go back to germany i'm like guys we gotta keep working on this i got to sit in one over at le mans and it just it sounded amazing and i think it's just like the perfect size i would right. i would definitely get one <laughs>
2: great right, yeah I'm, I'm on the same boat i've been i've been on their case for the last couple of years too and i've been saying you know that they should bring it they should bring it and i guess there's some homologation issues and political issues there so they're not going to bring it on this generation from what i know for sure but they are bringing the m5 touring which mm-hmm. they're different because like you say the m3 touring is like the perfect size for some reason even the kidney gorilla works really well on that car i don't yeah. know it just works a lot better and it's the ideal car um but then again, you can bring it as a show on display. Probably, I know, I know a tuning shop in the in New Jersey that actually got. But on. I'd want
1: to drive mine. Well,
2: <laughs> you can drive up to three thousand miles a year, so <laughs> that's
1: a good amount. That's a good yeah. amount. Yeah, it's not bad.
2: But you can. I mean, the M5 Touring is coming and goes into production yeah. late next year, so that's coming to the US. They haven't confirmed it, but I'm I know. know it's coming. I
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> Little Surely birdie know. told us.
2: <laughs> but would you be thinking about that one or
1: the M5 touring? Yeah, yeah I, you know what? I I might have requested it as my loaner if uh, it had come sooner. <laughs> 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 yeah, but back to the XM. I mean, I you know, it's not. Is it a real M car? I don't know. I would love to track it just to see. I saw that one drifting video where they I saw it too. sent sent it, and it went to Pike's Peak, didn't it?
2: Uh, yes, <laughs> it 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 crashed. I'm not sure <laughs> the results weren't what they were going for. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not sure if you ever met uh, Matt Mullins.
1: Yes, he's, uh, yeah, I was actually so Matt... just with him.
2: Oh, okay. So, yeah, so Matt, unfortunately, uh, got into a crash with the car a few no, minutes in. No. Yeah, he's fine, but the car was pretty damaged from what I saw in the video. I mean, really, really damaged.
1: Oh, yikes. Um, well, I yeah, hope they so... get to try again next year
2: so they're saying yeah they really want to set that record so i guess they're they're um, gonna try to do it again
1: yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i was just with him over at the uh m track days in austin oh awesome yeah, yeah he's a got great guy to, yeah i got to drive the m3 x drive which i was very surprised okay. by like so much power great handling i should have gone one of those <laughs>
2: um yeah i mean that car just puts down the power so so well it's a fantastic car and nate actually we we went to the performance center um on the east coast and we tracked the m3 cs which is even better yeah so nate actually had a lot of fun with that one
0: (laughs) yeah uh you point out the x drive man coming out of those corners it's just a rocket uh, like, just mind-boggling how quickly it just wants to go.
1: Yeah, and then the carbon, ce- I, the ones that I had, they, did they all come with carbon ceramic brakes? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I
2: think they're optional.
1: Options, yeah. okay. Well, definitely yeah. get those if you're getting one. <laughs> I was taking people for that. hot laps the entire day, and it was yeah. 108 degrees Fahrenheit, and the cars were running great, so... Applause to BMW for that. Hot laps is so
0: much fun to (laughs) get.
1: I made someone sick, sadly. Just one. (laughs) Just one. But you know, that's kind of the goal, too.
3: Exactly. Well, not sick. (laughs) Scared. You want to scare them.
1: (laughs) So funny, like the range of reactions. Either people are like really like dead silent or people are like screaming. (laughs) And like the quiet people, like you have to worry about. I'm like, are you okay? Like, is everything okay?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm always way more afraid of the quiet ones. But (laughs) it's always amazing to show what the car is capable of. There's so many times that people get out of the car and they're like, I just never knew yeah
1: right yeah
2: since you create so much content for social media you should have slapped the gopro inside and kind of captured everybody's reaction
1: i should have oh next time next time
2: did they let you drive the m2 also
1: no i didn't i heard it was I was like asking people, because they had them running for the autocross, and I was like, oh, um, how does it handle? And there was like a couple people who do own the older generation M2, and they're like, oh, it's a lot more like stable and nimble. So I haven't had the chance yet, but I'd be interested in trying to drive one, yeah.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, because I was going to ask you what you think about the car, because um, it's, yeah.
1: I mean, I mean appearance-wise, from, from yeah,
2: and I was looks.
1: like, hmm. <laughs> It's also. Does it look
2: better in real life?
1: Growing on me. (laughs) Does it look better in real life? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at least they went back to the smaller grills. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But again, uh, still growing on me. Definitely.
2: (laughs) So they are making an M2CS, which apparently looks really nice mm-hmm. um, i'm not sure exactly what they're changing on it but they're uh, they're making an m2cs so it's going to look a lot better apparently um and uh, it's going to have a lot of power like over 500 horsepower what <laughs> yeah so uh off the record again
1: i can't imagine <laughs> like a little car like that having high horsepower yeah. wow
2: so that's that's the car that i'm thinking to to match it to pair it with my one m that's the only car that i've I'm really thinking about. Aside from a Porsche, maybe.
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> He's going to the dark side. <laughs>
2: I don't know if that's a dark side. I, th- I think that's a good side still. I mean, they, they do make some fantastic cars, you know? Oh,
1: for sure. For sure. If I if I were to get a Porsche, I would probably be the GT3 RS. Really? Yeah. And why is that? I don't I just really like the way it looks and sounds and drives too. So
2: <laughs> So no Cayman GT4 or anything like that? or.
1: Mm i haven't had the opportunity to drive one yet yeah, which i heard they're should. actually like really nice to drive so yeah we'll see
0: <laughs> they are so balanced and planted yeah uh, it almost feels like cheating
1: <laughs> you're like how is it doing that
0: yeah it's just like you just hammer through some things and you're just like that that's yeah that's ridiculous mm-hmm. <laughs> so
2: speaking of cars so we've talked about what you've had what cars would you like to have
1: well just for sentimental value i really want to get an e36 m3 just to give an homage to my dad and my childhood um and also i've just wanted an older bmw for a while probably get it in i don't know avish blue maybe (laughs) Uh, or storle i don't know um what else? Another BMW? I do oh, have. Brand, I have an MA Grand Coupe on order right now. <laughs> Tanzanite nice. blue, white interior, carbon buckets, <laughs> <You> <laughs> which have to. is a lot. It's really hard to get in and out of, and it's gonna be really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> difficult to have as a daily. But uh, you know, I had to. I had to. I had to. Agree. Yeah, but any and other... And from car? other brands? Hmm? Any other brands?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, One of my dream cars is the Ferrari FXXK. <laughs> Just because nice it's one. like a full like track car, race car-esque. So I've never had That's the awful. opportunity to sit in one or drive one. So one day, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing.
0: All
2: right, so maybe we talk now about your... New car that's been announced, unannounced. I'm not even sure. I know you've teased it on Instagram, so cool. we can talk about that because yeah. I guess most people <laughs> have seen it. I've seen it personally. So, the BMW 3.0 CSL, If, in case people don't know, 50 units globally. It was never meant to come to the US. It cost around $750,000, and you can tell me if I'm you know, correct yeah. or not. And I guess so far from what I know, two people in the US only have it. Uh, yourself and another gentleman.
3: (laughs) Yes.
1: So
2: tell me about that story. How, why did you think about buying the car and what was the whole process like?
1: Yeah. I mean, to get an invite to one is an honor, honestly, to be thought of as one of the 50 from BMW. So that was one of the, you know, reasons why we decided to get one. And also after seeing the, I think it was called the Homage R. Yeah, Yeah, I absolutely loved the look of it. And obviously, the 3.0 was like kind of modeled off of that. It just looks so good, in my opinion. (laughs) Um, And it's just such a special car. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But $750,000. Yeah, that's the only,
1: uh, that's definitely a big issue.
2: (laughs) So, in case you haven't seen the comments on social uh, media, let me bring you up to speed. Like, that like car is not worth that much more. Exactly. <laughs> I can buy two Ferraris. I can buy that. <laughs> their car is not worth it. It's just an M4 CSL with the body kit. But tell me, like, <laughs> is it worth it and why?
1: Oof. I mean, again, it's like one of 50, guys. Come on. Even exactly. though it's like, you know, maybe it's like. If- M4 CSL with a body kit on it, but <laughs> <A> <laughs> I think bit. it's just so special and it'll be a lot of fun to drive. I think they're all manual, no?
2: They're all manual, yeah. yeah.
1: A, but, manual's a dying breed. Come on.
2: <laughs> it is for sure. I mean, I, they're not going to make any other cars with yeah. manuals anymore. So. I don't
1: know if it's like fully going to justify the price, but I feel like they're going to go up in value. I mean, again, they're so limited, and again, it's like a, an honor to be invited for sure
2: so tell me about that experience so they called you
1: yeah, yeah. but like yeah.
0: two in the u.s i mean that's not just extremely limited that's like crazy rare A lot.
1: yeah and then we also Did actually sh- have the jeff Koons car as well
0: oh you
2: do the a series
1: yeah 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 nice. which i'm that's, that's surprised cool. they didn't do it on like an m8 comp i don't know why they chose the 850 but still looks looks cool looks cool yeah me too <laughs> i was wondering
2: when the car came out why they didn't do that <laughs> But on the c s l topic again because I'm not willing to let it go easily for uh, sure for sure <laughs> did you deal uh, did you deal directly with Frank van mill or you had to go through like different channels or different how channels. does that process work
1: basically I mean, and again it's still like we're still figuring out how to import it' been been in discussion with Boris on how he does it, but obviously Boris is like previous b m w factory driver mm-hmm. long time bmw Nosferops. partner so <laughs> he always finds a way <laughs> but yeah
2: gotcha and um when you went to the factory can you tell me more about you know the build process and all of that i've seen i, I haven't been there yet there was a there was an event there but i didn't go to that one and I've seen the photos and the footage and all of that, but can you tell me more about how the car is being built and all of that?
1: Yeah, so I didn't actually get to go inside the factory. I think okay. basically BMW had invited us all, uh, all these CSL like owners to the basically unveiling slash delivery event. Um, and I was unable to go because I was racing. <laughs> uh, but then they invited me over to the Welts to go and see their car, the number 50, uh, just to go see it and sit in it and get familiarized. Um, so it took me to the back, where, which was where they also showed us the, uh, the M4 GT3 when they first unveiled it. So it was a pretty cool experience. And it was just me and a couple other BMW guys. So it was very like intimate and special.
2: that's awesome and if you get to the u.s like would you daily drive the car because i just posted an article yesterday that (laughs) somebody is actually driving the car in switzerland
1: i mean it's a car it's meant to be driven so that's just my mentality for a lot of things (laughs) good for you that's at least cars and coffee right exactly maybe maybe would i drive it on the track should i (laughs) (laughs) maybe do like a couple laps obviously freaking ceramic coat it before i do anything but you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> i have an alternative motive why i asked that as i told you earlier because if you are planning on driving the car i would absolutely fly to la to <laughs> just get a ride in it you can put a gopro on it and go for a ride i don't want to drive the car because i would be afraid to drive it but i would i would love to sit right next to you and just kind of film the whole experience so let me know when you get the car i like <laughs> i'm sure a lot of people that want to do that but just Remember that I was the first one to ask you. That, so.
1: <laughs> first tips.
2: I know. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, if you get a car, you absolutely have to drive it. I mean, there is no point to – it's not, it's, it's, it's not going to depreciate in value just because you drive it once in a while, honestly. Yeah. It's so unique, so rare. The two in the U.S. I mean, honestly, that car, it's going to go up in price over time, even though it might dip initially. Like, you know, I just don't think people will sell it, honestly, either. I, I don't see any of these owners actually going to sell the car, to be
1: honest. No, really. Yeah, I think most people are going to hold on to it for a while.
2: Yeah. What's next for you this year? Like, what else do you have planned as far as, you know, maybe driving, Mm -hmm. racing?
1: So actually fly out tomorrow morning to road america because we're testing it's my birthday on the 9th so i'm gonna be driving race cars on my birthday (laughs) the best birthday gift thank you um but we're racing there the following week so we're just getting our practice and re-familiarized with the track and the M4 G23 just came off two P2s over at VIR, so we're really excited to get back into it. We're still the a championship hunt. Um, and then I think I go back to Nürburgring for NLS 6, which is also the weekend that I think Red Bull is doing that like big promo event where they're going to have Vettel and Ricardo I think driving some of the old F1 cars out on track, which is going to be insane. Um, <laughs> It's gonna sound so good um but finishing up my permit class or my permit race is there so i have two more to go um have to finish in the top 75 <laughs> percent i my little m240 and then i'm going to be headed to i believe barcelona after that um and then sebring for gt world challenge america back to barcelona for the gt world challenge europe season finale um, and then back to Indy. This is all five weekends back to back yeah. to back um, for the um, Indy Eight Hour, which is going to be the last race on the calendar for me this year. And then I am off for vacation because it's been the craziest year. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's amazing, Nate. I know that I've talked too much. I wasn't planning on talking that much. So let me know oh, if no, you have no.
0: any questions. No, no, you've been good. No. Uh, <laughs> Well, you have a very unique livery on your race cars. Mm-hmm. Um, what went into the thinking behind all of that? Like, uh, what came up? What was the inspiration? Was that your idea? Was it a team thing? Like, uh, it's very cool.
1: I appreciate that. Thank you. So I'm a bit of an artist myself. That's what I do in my spare time, if I have any spare time. Um Actually, one of my race rituals used to be like sitting down and drawing like little tattoos on myself. So you can see I have one permanently now. (laughs) (laughs) But but anyway, um, our first like kind of like art livery was inspired by Starry Night. One of my favorite pieces of all time by van gogh Uh, and we we ran that on our gt4 for two years and it was also kind of inspired by the bmw art cars which i think are iconic Um, and we wanted to continue that kind of thing it kind of became like the samantha tan racing thing and like brand just to have like these art cars so this year and last year we kind of did an evolution of it of starry night and um, it was also inspired by, like, California sunsets, so that's why there's, like, the pink and the purple on the car. Um, but these were all kind of designed by my creative director, George Baker, who is also our team photographer, so you've probably seen some of his photos on my page. Super talented. Um, but, yeah, he took that idea and just ran with it. So
0: No, I love it because, you know, race car liveries can just <sighs> – you know, so, so bland much, so bland and boring and it's just like we have this amazing canvas and it's like it's cool to see someone do something different and really stand out so uh good good for good on you for doing that
1: i appreciate um, that because it,
0: it makes it unique and you know as you know with social media it makes you stand out so mm-hmm. it's uh it's cool i like it
1: thank you uh,
0: and then going continuing continue with the race car stuff i'd say uh uh I know John, one of your co-drivers very well um, and Miller? I know you've, yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. For sure. Um, I have like, I have yeah. two Johns. <laughs> <so>.
0: <laughs> well, my next question is like, I know you have some very experienced co-drivers as long as well so, as well. So like uh, how's that team dynamic and like learning from these guys with all this experience and mm-hmm. like um, how's, how's that helped you develop as a driver?
1: I mean, John Miller, I've also driven with John Edwards this year, so that's why I have to differentiate. But Miller has been with my team since like 2018, both as a driver and a coach. And it's just like so helpful, helpful for me learning from an experienced driver because I know that I can trust their opinion and like being able to learn from their data and all of their experiences has just helped me kind of like. Mm -hmm. shorten the learning curve a little bit (laughs) but yeah it's been an honor being able to work with these guys especially like John Edwards and now I have uh Neil Verhagen in the car with me one of the BMW juniors and I feel like I've learned so much this year I'm like a sponge
0: (laughs) exactly especially I forgot about John Edwards I forgot that uh you know he's got so many years of being a factory driver now Mm -hmm. so that's got to be really cool to learn kind of like the ins and outs of of the factory side of the things and uh i know i'm sure if you ever got the tap on that shoulder that would be like a lifelong dream so yeah. uh, it must be cool to be side by side with with them
1: for sure because like some of these guys like helps develop the cars that we are racing so i know that they know the car like like the back of their hand so again that adds like another layer of like helping me learn faster <laughs> well Nate. mate did we lose him?
0: <laughs> no, no, I did, I, we did lose my camera somewhere along the line. Mm, uh, I know fixing you, we that, did but, uh, <laughs> No, you got me, you got me thinking now about how. Oh, if it was a different timeline, I could be racing as well. But
1: <laughs> why a different timeline? You can start whenever. I
0: know. I know. Uh, we're, uh, we're, Horatio, I was... let's just work on the sponsorships there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, the the a big, that's a big barrier. That's a big barrier. <laughs>
2: you heard the advice from Samantha. You go on social media and you raise money. <laughs> you <know?
1: laughs>
2: I mean, honestly, you're, you're doing a great job with the platform. And and congratulations for that Thank because you. uh, you're absolutely right. A lot of people don't use it. And it's, and it's there. It's free to use. It's all about how creative you can get with it. But maybe let's talk a little bit about that because we have a few more minutes. Maybe tell me... Um, How do you use social media? How do you plan on using social media? And what does it do for your brand too?
1: Yeah, I mean, on top of like being able to share kind of like the behind the scenes of my life, it kind of also helps me connect with fans and take them along the journey with me. Because like you said, like a lot of people don't get to see what goes into like the race car driver life. And then I also get to share my passions like cars and stuff. So it's like always a lot of fun. Um, But what I do is like, again, it's like if you're posting All the things that you're interested in, then you're able to go to brands and be like, look, I'm using your product or I'm using this and I'm like a really big fan of your products and I would love to work with you. It just helps that because then they're able to see that you're already using the product, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a little tip from me, but...
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's there for the grabs and people should use it as much as possible. And, and I love the fact that you're combining your personal life with the professional life as well and it just blends in nicely and it's not boring because if you see just racing cars all the time and that...
1: Yeah, be. yeah, and my whole feed is already cars, so... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Trying to bring in the other aspects of my life. And it just makes it, like, more personable, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Canada or U.S.?
1: Oh, <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, I moved out clearly. Um, <laughs> I still love Toronto. That's always going to be my home. Um, oh, yeah. But I've escaped the depressing cold winters and uh, moved out here. Uh, moved out here in 2015 for college and just and never ended up leaving. So <laughs> I'm true. barely home anyway. Mm-hmm. I'm always traveling. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: And what's your connection with Chicago? Because I know a few years back, you were doing something in Chicago with the team, maybe it was the M240i, maybe it was with a local dealership, or was it a partnership? Mm-hmm. remember seeing some content maybe a few years Chicago. ago. Maybe Westmont.
1: Oh, Westmont? yeah, Laurel, you know Laurel BMW. Laurel, so they Laurel, were yeah. they were a partner of ours for a while. Yeah, oh, we actually okay. bought our race cars through them. So. Gotcha,
2: because I remember seeing that car. Um, They've been in my dealership also for the last probably 10 years.
1: Okay, for sure. I remember
2: going there, yeah, and I, and I saw a car, I think, a couple of times there.
1: Yeah, awesome, awesome. awesome. Yeah, but I don't cool. really go out there too much anymore. I'm always connecting through Chicago, though. <laughs> yeah.
2: Not the best place to connect. Through, but, yeah. <laughs> so I I always let our guests kind of, you know give them the floor if you have any questions for us i mean we're not that interesting but if you have any questions nah. for us we're you know we're, we're open to answer
1: mm, i'm interested on in what's your favorite aspects of the 1m
2: what's my favorite aspect of the 1m mm. i'm just gonna be honest just the fact that it's so rare
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't get me wrong like like it, it just, it's such a rare car. Every time I tell people that I have that car, they're like, oh my God, really? So it just makes me feel better, honestly. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I'm never going to sell it just because of that reason. Like The you, ego boost, the, yeah. Exactly. All about that ego. You know? I, am, I am guilty. That's one of my sins, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> So yeah, so that's one of them because... During COVID, there, there were a couple of people that I think they offered me even ninety thousand for the car. It's fairly low miles, like thirty thousand miles, pretty pretty OEM. Ooh. And and I just yeah, and I, I'm like I just don't want to sell it. I'm like you know it just makes me feel good.
1: Yeah, for sure. I <laughs> but, just hit hundred k mm-hmm. kilometers. Hundred well, k
2: kilometers. Yeah. On the Mine car. is the garage queen. <laughs> I didn't drive it too much, but for one reason only. So I picked up the car in Europe also, so I did the European deliveries, and I went to the Northbury, and I drove it, and it's a lot of fun. And I had it on the track, too. And if I were to live in L.A., I would enjoy the car a lot more. But in Chicago, the stop-and-go traffic, that car is not pleasant to drive. The suspension is harsh. The roads are not great. The 6 manual can be, you know, quite tricky a in lot. that car. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> for that reason, living here, being so flat, no really good places to drive on. I mean, it's just not that exciting. Mm. But regardless you know it's it's a it's it's a it's a fantastic car it feels like you're just put together to be a, a, a proper bmw and they're never going to make one like that ever, ever again. again so
1: it was like a mishmash of a bunch of different things right like m3 chassis i don't know 135 exactly. wide body exactly
2: <laughs> and it's got an interesting history behind it uh, some people might say that it's not good looking but every time that i look at the car from behind i'm like how can you say that exactly. this car is like oh, come on <laughs>
1: I always I mean, look back at it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, I just, I mean, so wide, so massive. It's just something about the car. And mine is stock. I mean, honestly, I have no options on mm-hmm. it. No screen, manual seats. I was cheap when I bought it. I'm like, I'm not going to spend money on this car <laughs> more than I should. And now looking back, it, it was the right choice because I saw a, a car recently when we went to South Carolina and it had the screen in it. And I'm like, now it just looks cheap and tacky. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. They, look, they, they date the car. Yeah, it's
2: okay, yeah. <laughs> so I, did, I made the right choice. Um, I, ha- I had a Vorsteiner uh, carbon fiber kit on it for a while.
0: Okay.
2: In the front, but I was, I was scraping it all the time in Chicago. So I took it out, gave it to a friend, but I still kept the rear diffuser, which mm-hmm. is carbon fiber from them, which is cool. And I do have an exhaust system from Eisenman. It's a, it's a racing mm-hmm. exhaust, so it's quite loud. Um, so I'm thinking about going back to stock. So <laughs>
1: Your neighbors hate you. <laughs> pretty much
2: (laughs) pretty much it is really loud but yeah that's kind of what i like about one M. honestly it's such a unique car so rare too it's
1: It's the rarity yeah exactly (laughs) so
2: just being honest (laughs) awesome cool well thank you so much i really appreciate the time um it's great talking to you if we can ever help with anything you know please let us know i'm sure we'll run into each other i'm not sure if you go into Monterey car week
1: i can't i'm racing okay. sadly gotcha. well not okay. sadly but uh,
2: yeah it's part a good job so you have to be there but um i'm sure we'll run into each other with future, ev- future events yeah. so.
1: well if you're going to the VNWM m track days at in indianapolis i will also be giving hot laps there <laughs>
2: so I'm actually I'm not sure when you're going there is a there is an event at the end of August that they asked me
1: I will be there that's the one I think yeah, that's, that's the, the one. one okay
2: <laughs> yeah so that's the one that I'm working on with, uh, with, with the Midwest guys and also with the uh, Performance Center so um, I might be there actually I think it's the last weekend in August awesome. or the week before that no I think it's the 26th
1: yeah I'll like be there yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: so I'm, I might actually be there so um, Sweet. Yeah, good because I'm coming yeah so yeah perfect so maybe we'll get some hot laps. Mm-hmm. I'll bring some GoPros <laughs> And we should ask this guy to also give you the M2 because I definitely want you to drive the M2 yeah, to kind of to get your that. opinion on it. So yeah. let me work my magic. Let me see if I can pull that off <laughs> I don't have a lot of Maybe I have a little bit of pull, but we'll see.
1: You can do a little review in the car.
2: <laughs> exactly. That's that that always works.
1: Awesome.
2: Well, thank you once again. I really appreciate it. I guess um we'll gonna drop your Instagram handles if people don't have it. I'm sure they do, but we'll drop it in there so they follow you. And uh, once again, thanks, Hugh. And I guess we'll see you in the next one if you want to come back.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me.
2: (laughs) Thank you.